0: Cigar industry pioneer Bob Franzblau of Thompson Cigar passes away. And Dick Durbin and his fellow Democrats are coming after your cigars with massive potential tax increases. We'll talk with Glenn Loop of the Premium Cigar Association. The Cigar Dave Show is presented by... Davidoff of Geneva, introducing the new Avocaribe. Experience the journey of flavor created by a synchronized blend from the Caribbean, accentuated with a touch from Central America. Head to the land where palms sway to the breeze of the sea with the new Avocaribe, available at DavidoffGeneva.com. And by Gurkha. The world's finest cigars, including the Gurkha Trenta, commemorating 30 years of cigar excellence. The Gurkha Trenta is everything you'd expect from a Gurkha. Exquisite construction, exquisite flavor, exquisite pleasure. Visit GurkhaCigars.com.
1: This is the Cigar Dave Podcast with The General.
0: Long ash greetings and salutations, a long ash snappy salute, semper delectatio, always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Make masculinity great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. Save America. It is your global general and Alpha male in chief, front and center from Command Center Alpha in the Cigar City. We begin with a sad bit of news. Longtime Thompson cigar owner and pioneer. In the cigar industry, Robert Franzblau, Bob Franzblau, passed away last Thursday morning at the age of 93. He passed away in his home in the cigar city of Tampa. And I speak from personal experience, knowing Bob for 26 years, what a tremendous loss is for this is for the cigar industry. Bob was a true gentleman, a true mensch in every sense of the word. If you talked to Bob and you shook his hand on a deal or an agreement, you didn't need a piece of paper. Bob's word, what it was his bond? He really was a revolutionary figure in the world of cigars. Very interesting story. Bob. Uh, I would have lunch with Bob. The last number of years, it was not often. But at one time, usually every three, four months, six months, I'd bring Wright's uh, Gourmet from one of the great uh, gourmet delis here in the Cigar City, and we'd go in his office, and he had this big, sprawling office at Thompson Cigar. Big desk, and then he'd have this conference table that had like four, it was a round table, four chairs, and he had all sorts of memorabilia in his office. He had piles of paper. It was the kind of office where you knew there was work getting done. And Bob would always say, Dave, my boy, come on in, sit down. And we'd enjoy lunch, we'd have... Uh, you know, just just shoot the bull. We'd catch up on the industry, and the next thing you know, like two hours later, we were finished. But I always enjoyed those, and I really got to know Bob. And he told me the story that initially, when he moved down to Tampa from the New York City area, Bob came down to get, I believe it was in the either the home siding or some sort of home or roofing business. And somewhere along the way, he became friendly with Stanford Newman, of M&N M&M Cigar at the time now JC Newman Cigar and at the time in 1960 Thompson Cigar was initially historically the first mail order company in the city of Tampa and the first product obviously they did was cigars in fact the post office created a back then they would have a when you send out send things out they would put a stamp on it that showed their mailing permit and there was a logo of the city of Tampa, the city of Tampa logo, and it said certificate number one or something along the lines of "of uh, of, of postage um, registration number one. They were the first in Tampa, going back, I think, to the 1930s, if I'm not mistaken. But Bob had the opportunity to purchase Thompson's Cigar in 1960. At the time, it was a fledgling company. It was a struggling business. They made, essentially, natural-wrapped Figurados. Not what the U.S. market was interested in at the time. And Stanford Newman, who could have bought Thompson Cigar himself, said, Bob, buy that. We'll make the cigars for you. Frank Yaneza of Villazon will also make the cigars for you. Buy the company You can't go wrong. Well, he did in 1960, and he owned it until 2018, when he sold it to Scandinavian Tobacco Group (STG) for a reported $62 million. And I had the opportunity along the way to visit Thompson Cigar, to know the people at Thompson Cigar. I would see them at all the conventions. I would see Bob on a regular basis because Bob and his son, Carlo, and I all lived in the same area in the Cigar City of Tampa. So there were times when Bob would call me up and say, Dave, my boy, I've got Zabars in from New York. Come on over for Sunday brunch. And Bob was always the tremendous hospitable host. And so getting to know Bob, he really, I, I put there are four figures, ironically, that are all from the Cigar City of Tampa. There's really five figures, but four of them come from, the Cigar City of Tampa, who are legends, giants, in the world of cigars. Stanford Newman of J.C. Newman Cigar lived till he was 90. Carlos Fuente Sr. was in his 80s. Frank Yaneza was 90 of Villazon Cigar. And Bob Franzbaugh was in that group. Did business with every one of them. And the fifth person I put in that group is Edgar Coleman Sr., a tremendous, tremendous Gentlemen, just like Bob Franzbau, like Frank Yaneza, like Carlos Fuente Sr., like Stanford Newman, if you said, he said he was going to do something, that was it. You did not need a piece of paper. Their word was their bond. And I can tell you from personal knowledge that during the cigar boom, there were a number of cigar manufacturers when the boom ended that were in big trouble. They had huge amounts of inventory. They needed to sell it. There were two men in the cigar industry, Lou Rothman and Bob Franzbaugh, that said, fine, we'll buy it. Now, they got great prices on it, but they wrote these guys checks pronto and sat on these cigars sometimes for a couple of years until they could get rid of them. And I know there were a couple of cigar manufacturers who are very successful today, but along the way, when they started their factories in Honduras and the Dominican and Nicaragua, they ran into some bumps and they needed some big orders or they would have gone under. And Bob called a number of these manufacturers, and I won't tell you who they are, but they're very well-known names in the cigar industry. If I told you, you would recognize them immediately. And Bob said, listen, I know you're, you're struggling. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to send you a check for $100,000. You're going to make me cigars. I don't need them all at once, but it's an advance on orders for the next year or whatever the case may be. And in some cases, he went in and said, look, I know you're sitting on a lot of inventory. Tell me what you got into it. I will write the check. We'll move the inventory for you. That's the kind of guy that Bob was. He didn't have to do that. He could have said, hey, listen, I'll wait till you guys go under and I'll buy them super cheap. He didn't do that. He was respected not only by the other manufacturers, the other retailers that he competed against, because remember he was in the mail order business Thompson cigar mail order catalog internet but competed against other manufacturers but one thing that he did or competed against other other retailers but bob at thompson they were not big discounters they didn't discount cigars 30 40 50% he pretty much maintained the retail price or close to it and they built a tremendous business doing it. He also had, he told me at one time, he had like 400 or 500 trademarks of cigar brands that they owned. They made many house brands. And I'll never forget, I told Bob, my first ever introduction to Thompson cigars was in the airplane magazines. Whether it was Delta, Eastern, United, American, U.S. Air. He would always take a quarter-page, there would be a quarter-page ad saying, Thompson's Cigar, we're going to send you this sampler of 58 different cigars, and it's going to have a humidor and a cutter and a lighter, and we're going to send it to you all for 19.95. And I remember saying, how in the world can they do that? And there were some good cigars that were in there, and they still did that almost until the end. And I asked Bob, how did you do that? He said, Dave, my boy, it was a loss leader. We knew we were going to lose money on that, but once we had their name on a mailing list, we knew once they tried the cigars that we had them as a customer for many years. And it worked. It worked. Massive facility just north of Tampa International Airport. I attended many events there, and I will say this, on a personal basis, Bob always always extended very generous courtesies to me. As an example, Thompson Cigar had a very nice corporate airplane, a Hawker 800 XP. And whenever there was a convention, whether it was in New Orleans or Las Vegas or wherever there was going, if there was a meeting of the cigar industry in Miami or wherever the case was, I'd always get a call. Dave, my boy, are you going to the meeting in Miami? Are you going to the convention? I said, yep, Bob, I'm going. When are you going? And I'd tell him, he says, well, tell you what. Why don't you be at the airport at 9 a.m.? You're coming with us. And I went to New Orleans. I went to Las Vegas at the convention. Came back uh, from Las Vegas with um, with Carlo, with Alex, his uh, his uh, son and daughter, with Carol Yaneza, uh, who ran one of the big, nots one of the cigar manufacturers down in Nicaragua, the daughter of the late, great Frank Yaneza. Joe Silvestro, the late Joe Silvestro, who is one of his big t- uh, cigar buyers, So the opportunity to get to know them on multiple levels, not only as in a business relationship, but as friends, uh, as personal acquaintances, always very generous. And as a fellow aviation enthusiast, whenever I would find a place, something in the aviation aviation industry called the $100 hamburger, goes way back. Goes back to the days when somebody would get in their little airplane And they'd fly somewhere, you know, an hour away, half hour away. They'd have a hamburger for five bucks. But because the fuel and insurance and oil and everything else, by the time you were done, it was a hundred bucks. Now it's like a $300 hamburger. But anytime I would find a great lunch place or a brunch place to grab a bite, a restaurant on an airport or near an airport, very close, I would let Bob know. And I would call him up and say, Bob, I found this great joint in New Smyrna Beach on the East Coast, just north of Daytona. I found a great little place. It's it's a 25-second walk from the private terminal. When you have a chance, you got to go. Well, invariably, I would tell them tell them that like on a Monday or Tuesday. And on Friday morning, I would get a call from Carolyn, his longtime executive assistant. And she'd say, Dave, Mr. Franzboah would like to know, what was the name of that restaurant you, you mentioned to him? And I Tell her the name of the restaurant, where it's located. Ten minutes later, she would call me back and say, Bob said to be at the airport uh, Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. You're all going to brunch. Beautiful. And did that many, many times. And he always had a full plane of of friends and acquaintances. And the kind of guy Bob was, many people that own private aircraft, they will say, great, I'm going to lunch, going to dinner, whatever. And the pilot and co-pilot, pilot or captain, first officer, would stay on the airplane or they'd do their own thing. Not with Bob. With Bob, they always came along with us. Every time we went away for brunch or a lunch somewhere, the two pilots always accompanied us. And that says a lot about the kind of person Bob Franz Blau was. There is no pretense with Bob. If you saw Bob, you would never know that Bob was a very successful, wealthy individual because Bob was just a regular kind of guy. I always said, Bob... Bob and I were the same in that we're both kind of white-collar guys with blue-collar mentalities. I grew up in Buffalo. Bob grew up, I I think he told me, I want to say he told me in Queens. I could be wrong, but somewhere in New York. But he was just an unassuming man, very low-key, very generous, whether it was to charities, to worthy causes. Didn't really seek out the fame, didn't seek out the, the publicity, in fact, I know there's a couple of things that I was involved with and I approached Bob and I said, Bob, great, we'll give you, I'm going to mention it. He said, don't bother. Don't. Nobody needs to know. That's the kind of gentleman that Bob was. I will miss Bob. I will miss our occasional lunches. I will miss talking airplanes with him. I will certainly miss the opportunities that I had to get to know him. And I always came away after talking with uh, to Bob with knowledge, knowledge of the industry, knowledge about business, and he'd always query me. Dave, my boy, what's going on in the business? What do I need to know? And so we'd always talk and schmooze, and I would tell him things that I was hearing in the business uh, about what was going on in the marketplace. And I'll never forget the one time he said to me, geez, this has got to be maybe 18 years ago, 20 years ago. He says, Dave, let me ask you a question, my boy. What do you think about the Internet? Now, this is, remember, before Amazon was around, this was before people were buying products on the Internet on a regular basis. I said, Bob, I believe the Internet is here to stay, and I think it's going to be a big force sometime down the road where people will buy products on the Internet. Just like now with a catalog, people would actually they have a page where you'd write your order down and you'd mail it in, or you would call them. I said, Bob, they won't be calling anymore. They won't be mailing it in. With the Internet, you'll be able to place an order online. You'll get it. You'll ship it, and it's going to save time. It's going to save expense. It's going to be the way of the future. And he said, you know, my boy, I've been talking to people. I'm not sure, but you think I'm—you—you you may be right. Well, sure enough, Bob invested a tremendous amount in the Internet capabilities of Thompson's Cigar with real-time inventory tracking, with the ability to monitor. And I remember he told me what the expense was, and it was significant. And he said, this is here to stay. And it's interesting because I was able to watch as the percentage of orders that came from the catalog, by telephone, and Internet, how they shifted dramatically over the last number of years, going back to when they first implemented like 15, 17 years ago. Bob, the last number of years, kind of slowed down a little bit. He would go in, still go into the office on occasion, but I think the last year or so he did not uh, go in uh, as often but I will certainly miss Bob. The industry will miss Bob. He was, as I said, a tremendous gentleman with no pretense that was always extremely generous to me, to others in the cigar industry. One last story. Every year, every between January and April, Bob would always conduct fishing trips to different places. But the last number of years, it was Puerto Aventura, Mexico, about half an hour south of Cancun. Bob was a big fisherman, loved fishing, owned a multiple boats along the years, and the last boat he had was a 65-foot Viking. Great fishing. But Bob wasn't the kind of guy that said, I'm just going to go fishing myself. He shared that with other people in the cigar industry. He invited all the manufacturers he did business with, other vendors. He called me. He didn't have to invite me. He called me and said, Dave, my boy, we're doing a trip. I'd like you to come along on one of the trips. You picked the date, and basically they flew us there. There was about ten manufacturers. I was with some of the Olivas from Oliva Cigar, just a whole bunch of great people. And it would be four days where we'd fly down from Tampa in a in Bob Air, as he called it, his beautiful Hawker. We would spend four days. He had a fleet of Suburbans down there. Everything was t- we didn't have to take a dime out of our pockets. That's how generous Bob was. And he invited all the people he did business with over, I think, about a 16-week period. I think there was 10 in each trip. Dinner, lunch, we'd go on the boat fishing in the morning. Then if you wanted to go fishing in the afternoon, you could. You could play golf. We had a great time. The bonding experience, smoking great cigars was fantastic. You don't see that today anymore. You don't see somebody that values relationships the way that Bob Franzblau did the way that Frank Yaneza did, that Edgar Coleman Sr., Carlos Fuentes Sr., um, uh, uh, Stanford Newman. They were a different caliber, a different class. I'd like to think we'd see more of that. Men who, their word was their bond, men who believed in personal relationships, Men who believed in spending money that, look, to make money, you've got to spend it. You've got to treat your vendors right. You've got to treat people right. And he did. Treated everybody right. There's two kinds of guys, as a longtime friend of mine told me when I was living in Baltimore after college. He said, Dave, there are two kinds of guys, right guys and wrong guys. And I don't have to tell you the difference. You'll know it when you see it. My buddy Charlie Eckman was indeed correct. Bob was a right guy we will miss him the cigar industry will miss him his wife passed away joe about five six years ago i know the last five six years uh, certainly were were tough but bob now reunited with his wife and uh joe silvestro as well uh looking up from the big humidor in the sky so bob Franzblau, thompson's longtime thompson cigar owner Passed away last Thursday morning in his Tampa home at the age of 93. I will miss him. The cigar industry will miss him. And I believe that the types of men like Bob Franzblau and the Stanford Newmans and the Carlos Fuente Sr., the Frank Yaneza, and the Edgar Coleman Sr., unfortunately, we may not see the likes of those gentlemen again. It is a sad fact But Bob Franzblau, rest in paradise, my friend. I thank you for your friendship, for your counsel, for your camaraderie, and I will miss our many lunches and many conversations about life, about business, and about aviation. Rest in peace, my friend avo cigars has just launched the newest addition to the avo synchro series entitled the avo synchro caribe fourth line in the avo synchro series it is centered around the concept of tobacco synchronization they incorporate the diversity complexity and compatibility of cigar tobaccos from the Caribbean and Central America to create a natural harmony, a Caribbean soul, a very dynamic cigar. It uses natural distribution. What does that mean? The proportions of the cigar tobaccos on any given plant perfectly matched in the blending process. So what you get is a Dominican wrapper. You get filler tobaccos from Nicaragua. A binder from Ecuador that are matched absolutely perfectly. The taste, a lively, dynamic, harmonious flavor profile of Caribbean flavors, aromatic spices, some complex cocoa, a beautiful medium-bodied cigar with subtle sweetness resembling tropical fruits. The flavors, rhythm, and lifestyle of the tropics are encapsulated in the new Avo Synchro Caribe. Available now at your cigar retailer or DavidoffGeneva.com.
1: With an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy, it's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. Well, before I tell you what cigar I have pulled out, first
0: let me just say that I have a cigar in an ashtray at microphone position number two. That shall go unsmoked today in memory of Bob Franzblau, Thompson Cigar, longtime owner of Thompson Cigar. One thing I do want to remember, two, two, er, er, uh, mention, two things. First, Thompson Cigar has been around since 1915. So by the time Bob bought it in 1960... It would already been around 45 years, but he took it to heights unprecedented. The second thing that Bob was involved with was the SS American uh, Victory Ship that is anchored in the Cigar City of Tampa. Very interesting story behind the ship. We have done shows from there. It was used in World War II. And Bob was one of the people that told me early on, he said, we want to bring this history back to Tampa. I'm on the board of directors for the American Victory Ship Mariners Memorial Museum. We want to renovate this ship. We want to get this ship in seaworthy condition. And I was uh, certainly happy to help Bob in that endeavor and publicize it. And I know he was very proud when the ship actually could sail. So, another, and Bob was patriotic as well, so a very important item that Bob was involved with that I did want to mention as well. When we talk about cigars, in the cigar industry, we talk about great families. The Franz Bau family, we've talked about the the Newman family, the Fuente family, the Cullman family, many years the owners of General Cigar, the Inezza family, Villazon. We can't forget the Torrent family of the San Andreas region of Mexico. In 1880, the first Torrent began growing cigar tobaccos in the San Andrean Valley of Mexico. And to pay tribute to the anniversary, the year that Torrent uh, was founded, Alejandro Torrent and his father Alberto Torrent decided they would create a line of cigars to commemorate that important year. And they created the Casa Torrent 1880 series comes in four different versions. It starts with the Casa Turin 1880 Claro. I smoked that about three weeks ago here on the Cigar Dave show. Mildest cigar in the 1880 line featuring a very light San Andrean Habano Criollo Claro wrapper. There's also a Casa Turin 1880 Oscuro and a Casa Turin 1880 Maduro, which is the fullest and richest of the Casa Turin 1880. Today, I'm going to enjoy the Casa Torrent 1880 Colorado. This is a medium bodied cigar, so the mildest in the series is the 1880 Claro. Today we move up to a medium bodied cigar, the Casa Torrent 1880 Colorado. It features a San Andrean Moron Colorado wrapper. It's a beautiful looking cigar, about 18 bucks suggested retail. So our members, this was part of the August Officers Club selection. We didn't give our members three cigars, they got four cigars because Alejandro Torrent. when I said, which three do you want Alejandro to feature? He said, I can't just do three general. We got to do all four. My answer, that's what you want. And that's exactly what we did. So those members of the Officers Club, we got tremendous emails, social media posts saying, man, what a great bunch of cigars. Incredible. Man, I feel like I ripped off you ripped you off, Dave, because you charge us $22.95 and this is worth like $75, $80. So we featured the 1880 series, including the Casa Torrent Colorado. Featured the Toro, six and a half inches in length with a 55 ring gauge. The filler aged 10 plus years. The wrapper is Mexican, as I said, San Andrean, Colorado, five years. The binder, Mexican Habano Criollo San Andreas, 10 to 12 years aged. So it's a medium-bodied cigar. Very flavorful, very smooth, very pleasant. You certainly cannot go wrong for those of you that have a palate where you say, look, I don't want a super full cigar, but I don't want something ultra mild. I want something that's gonna be medium-bodied. Maybe a little bit of richness, maybe a little bit of spice, but still tame. Well, the Casa Torrent 1880 Colorado is the choice for you. Beautiful band, beautiful construction, beautiful cigar all the way around. And I am so proud that we featured it for our August 2021 Cigar Dave Officers Club selection and I cannot wait to get my chompers
1: around this beauty. Cigar altering and highly sharpened leaf exposing device. Self sharpening double edged stainless steel guillotine at hand ready for maneuvers maximum BTU flame throwing and heat producing apparatus. From the Cigar Dave R&D
0: Labs, I have the five star. Five butane jet flames arranged in a pentagon. The five stars, or the five flames symbolizing my five stars. And I want to make this very clear. This general, far more competent than SecDef and former four star general Lloyd Austin. Certainly, certainly, Far more competent, far smarter, with far more common sense than the current chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, four-star general, Millie Mouse. What an absolute disgrace. And then for the Pentagon to come out and say, yeah, we we really screwed up, yep, that, that Artificial horizon. Sergeant Steve, what was the term they used for intelligence? They said line of horizon or line of sight or some some cockamamie phrase they came up with where they have no intelligence on the ground, but they said that they can see over things. It worked so well, they killed an innocent man and his family. Ten innocent civilians killed. What was he transporting? That the Pentagon said, oh, this was a, a legitimate strike. A, 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 a good strike, that's what uh, Millie Mouse said. It was 10 people, a family, and he was carrying water. Not explosives, not anything that could detonate, carrying water. And this is their great intelligence. Under brainless Biden, this country has become an absolute disaster. Now, I'm going to feature on Bold Alpha tomorrow or Wednesday. I'm going to go into a whole bunch of other items. And by the way, if you have not listened to or subscribed to our brother podcast, Bold Alpha, do a search wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe. If you want absolute opinion combined with fact, unvarnished, not politically correct, Whether it's political commentary, whether it's analysis of some item that's in the news, Bold Alpha is the place. Now, I'm telling you, if you're a wussified beta or you need a safe space, Bold Alpha is not the place for you. If you don't have a set of big balls, if you're a wussified beta wuss, don't bother listening to Bold Alpha because I don't want you. Because I have no respect for beta males. But for almost everyone that's listening now, I virtually, I, I would probably say, not probably, I will guarantee 100% of the people listening to the Cigar Dave Show podcast right now, you're alpha males with big, giant balls. And if you're a female, you like alpha males with big, giant nads of steel or titanium. Then listen to Bold Alpha. I will get into some other atrocities that have gone on. I'm going to talk to you. Actually, I'll give you a little hint of what I'm going to talk about in the next Bold Alpha. We're going to talk about the disaster under brainless Biden. The nonsense going on at the southern border. I will talk to you about phony Fauci, who's been touting these booster shots with the White House. I'm Provax. I got two shots of the Pfizer. And I stated a month ago, in no way, shape, or form am I taking a booster shot. There's still long-range items we don't know about. And by the way, Very likely the vaccine is now outdated. But there is something that could be dispensed that would eliminate the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus like that. It was done in India, in the largest state of India, which is 250 million people. It's two-thirds of the United States. They're averaging like 25 cases a day. 250 million people, 25 cases a day. Why and how? I'll tell you on the next Bold Alpha. And it involves a very simple therapeutic drug that is widely available, that is safe, that is being misconstrued by the Libstream media, by the Dems, by phony Fauci. Available and it's cheap. So we'll get into that on Bold Alpha. That's a little preview and some other items as well. Sergeant Steve, where did I leave off? I I lost my train of thought. Did I talk about our cigar?
1: Not yes. yet. Yes, we're ready for the checklist. Checklist. Go ahead. Sergeant C. Cigar pre-litation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. All right, here comes the cut.
0: Perfect cut. Sometimes I get wound up, especially with all the nonsense going on with Fauci, Biden, all these other clowns. It is an absolute disaster. I said it would take a year for the uh, U.S., to basically get destroyed down to the studs with brainless Biden. I was wrong. Seven months. Every single policy. What a failure. You name it. Domestically, foreign policy, total disaster. All right, as I toast the foot of this magnificent-looking Casa Torrent, 1880 series Colorado. Let me puff and rotate. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, i am not at a cigar in five days. Five days, I was busy last week, traveled back to the Cigar City from a classified location somewhere in North America, and the first few puffs, the taste on my palate, absolutely luscious. Mm. Mm. Fantastic. Blow on the foot of the cigar. My Casa Turin 1880 Colorado series is perfectly lit. Take a few puffs here. I'm gonna like that. Take a little sip of my espresso, my afternoon espresso. Mmm. Mmm. Perfect. Arthaya. Perfect medium balance. Some nice notes. Almost like a nuttiness, an earthiness. Just a tinge of sweetness, but just medium bodied, very mellow, very, very pleasant. Now, let me remind you that if you are not a member of the Cigar Dave Officers Club, I don't know what you're waiting for. Because every month we feature fantastic cigars. August 4, Casa Torrent, 1880s. What do we have planned for you in September? A beautiful cigar from La Gloria Cubana called the Medio Tiempo, named after the rare, bold, sun-grown Connecticut Havano leaves that are harvested from the top of the plant. They get the most direct sunlight, so they're enriched with this sunlight, so it brings much more flavor into the leaf. The La Gloria Cubana Medio Tiempo, medium to full-bodied gem, perfectly paired collection of aged cigar tobaccos from five different countries. Ecuador, USA, Honduras, Nicaragua, and the Dominican Republic. Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper, USA Broadleaf binder, the filler, USA, Honduras, Nicaraguan, Dominican. After you light it, you will be tantalized with a broad array of flavor notes, including cream, cedar spice, cocoa cinnamon, subtle hints of sweetness, the La Gloria Cubana Medio Tiempo, our September 2021 Officers Club selection. If you're not a member, head over to CigarDave.com right now, click on Officers Club, $22.95 per month gets you 3 premium cigars, shipped in a Cigar Dave Officers Club Ziploc pouch. So make sure you head over right now, CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club. All the questions are answered there, frequently asked questions, whether it's how long is membership, it's month to month, what kind of cigars, everything is there, but join. I am telling you, your palate will thank you. And for those of you that are budding cigar connoisseurs that say, "Ah, you know, I'm really, I'm not very well versed. This will give you an array of cigars for your palate to thoroughly enjoy. And you'll find that you will gravitate to a certain type of wrapper or a certain cigar. In fact, I, I received some emails from people saying, General, I smoked all four of the Casa Turin 1880s. And I found that the cigar that I love most was the 1880 Colorado or the Maduro and the Oscuro. So it is a great way to sample cigars shipped to you, and you can make those cigars should you desire a permanent part of your humidor, your cigar smoking portfolio, if you will. As I take a few more puffs of this Casa Torrent, Colorado. Mm. I'll tell you something. The Torrents not only grow phenomenal cigar tobaccos, they absolutely make spectacular cigars. There's this misnomer for many years. Oh, Mexican tobacco is too strong. Mexican cigars are too harsh baloney. Not true. In fact, about five years ago at the Cigar Retailers Convention, the number one story that I had coming out of it was the number of manufacturers that were creating cigars using San Andres Marone or Maduro wrapper. It's phenomenal tobacco grown in the San Andres Valley. In fact, the Torrents told me there's such demand, they're growing more of it. And it is a fertile valley and they are one of the finest families in the world of cigars. We're going to feature Alejandro Torrent in the next few weeks on our Cigar Masters series. Great story about the family. they I think, now the fifth generation that is in the cigar growing and manufacturing business. So we'll feature Alejandro Torrent. get into the history, right here on the Cigar Dave Show podcast. Mm. Out. Standing. Mm. All right. We will be talking with Glenn Loop who is with formerly the Cigar Rights of America, now with the Premium Cigar Association, involved with government advocacy and lobbying. We are under attack as cigar connoisseurs, cigar manufacturers under attack. Massive, massive potential tax increases on the federal level due to Dick Durbin. And by the way, Dick's name, his first name, Durbin's first name is so appropriate, Dick. Because he wants to screw... Those of us that enjoy cigars and premium cigars, mass-market cigars, are coming after us with high potential taxes as part of Brainless Biden's $3.5 trillion human infrastructure bill. Nothing more than a giant Marxist, socialist, ultra-ultra-liberal welfare that wants to put everybody on the government dole and rack up massive amounts of debt and put this country right into the tank. Let's hope the Republicans stand firm. So we'll talk to Glenn about what the tax is all about, what can be done. We will do that around the corner as I take several more puffs. And as I do so, hmm, I finally remember the great Bob Franzblau. Thompson cigar passed away last Thursday at the age of 93. Gurkha is known for creating the world's finest cigars and to celebrate the 30th anniversary of the Gurkha brand being launched in the United States, the blenders at Gurkha created the Gurkha Trenta, celebrating and commemorating 30 years of cigar excellence. The Gurkha Trenta, everything you would expect from a Gurkha, exquisite construction exquisite flavor, exquisite pleasure. A nice medium, medium full-bodied cigar featuring an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper. A Nicaraguan Corojo 99 binder and the filler, Nicaraguan Corojo 99, Nicaraguan Criollo 98, created by the great blenders and growers at Aganorsa Farms in Nicaragua. And what you get is a signature cigar that has unique flavors, Perfect spice, perfect amount of complexity on the palate. A cigar worthy of Gurkha's 30 years being available in the United States. Try the Gurkha Trenta today. You will enjoy the experience and the overall characteristic that goes into blending this magnificent cigar. A beautiful Nicaraguan pearl worthy of being called Gurkha Trenta. As cigar connoisseurs, it never ends. We are always under attack. It started back in 2009 with the state children's health program, where the excise tax on cigars increased dramatically. And here we are in 2021, and you'll never guess who is after us the Democrats, the government. Specifically, massive cigar tax increases are proposed in the Build Back Better Act, or as I like to call it, the Build BS Better Act, because that is exactly what it is. As you know, President Biden is proposing a $3.5 trillion spending bill on human infrastructure. Well, to pay for it... They're going after various segments of the economy. And one such of those segments, of course, is tobacco. Specifically, we will focus on cigars. And to do that, we bring on Glenn Loop, who is the Director of State Advocacy for the Premium Cigar Association, the PCA. Glenn, I had to stop myself because for many years you were the Executive Director of the CRA, the Cigar Rights of America, so you have made the transition And Glenn, once again, the cigar industry is under attack with massive, massive potential tax increases.
2: Well, that's right, Dave, and thanks for having me, and thanks for bringing such desperately needed public attention to this issue. This is, in fact, and you alluded to this, in fact, one of the the biggest threats from the federal government, short of federal regulation, since SCHIP. And S. Yes, and we don't have to belabor the long story it took, but our mutual friend Rocky Patel's fond of talking about it, how it got down to 40 cents. Well, this proposal would only, and I say that so facetiously, raise taxes on premium cigars by 1,000% and by, on premium pipe tobacco by 1,650%. This has been Senator Dick Durbin's long held dream under the umbrella of what was called, and is called, the Tobacco Tax Equalization Act. And his, me- his method of madness is to equalize the tax according to the rate on cigarettes. Well, that's just grossly unfair. And the really grotesquely unfair part of this is that it's based upon weight. Well, guess what? Cigars weigh more than cigarettes. So we get the brunt in of this, of this horrible federal political stick. So that's the reason we're orchestrating a a national grassroots campaign, outreach to members of Congress, specific members that we can talk about that we, we need to recognize the threat that this poses to this boutique microcosm of the entire tobacco industry.
0: Glenn, you'll recall that when the original cigarette excise taxes were placed upon cigarettes, the way that they, the government, the Democrats, sold it was, this is to help eliminate people smoking cigarettes, and this is for their health. Okay, by that measure, technically, the goal of the tax was to eliminate total consumption of cigarettes. Therefore, down the road, there would be zero tax. Well, now what they're doing is they're coming back and saying, no, no, now we need to use this to fund various social programs. They, they're they calling it uh, a human infrastructure. They're specifically targeting tobacco. When we talk about tobacco, I specifically, obviously, you know, talk about cigars, and we do talk about pipe tobacco because we do have some listeners that, uh, that consume pipe tobacco. They smoke uh, a pipe. We don't really get into the cigarettes, but I think mm-hmm. for this... For this exercise, it is important to take a look at what the proposed rates are because it is overwhelming in terms of the huge percent increases. Cigarettes, right now it's $50.33 per thousand cigarettes. They would double it to $100.66. Small cigars, we forget that there are many people that enjoy a Havana Tampa that enjoy a Swisher Sweet, that enjoy a, 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 a Garcia Vega, Perfecto Garcia, they enjoy a mass-market machine-made cigar. Well, right now, the tax, there is no cap. It is, is fifty. I believe it's, what, 503 or 50.4%. Mm-hmm. And because the cost of mass-market cigars are so much less, they essentially get hit with the entire 50.4%. Well, guess what? That would over-double as well. Pipe tobacco. Right now, pipe tobacco is taxed at $2.83 per pound. Now, that's a pretty significant tax as it is now. When you consider that for a pound of pipe tobacco, it's what? Maybe 8 bucks, 10 bucks, something like that? That's right. You're, you're now going to be talking about $49.56 per pound. Let's call it 50 bucks a pound. Now, think about that for a second it is going to be more expensive than the, than the, the most uh, 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 difficult to obtain caviar. I mean, you're talking a 1,651% increase and large cigars. Here's another problem that I thought about. I guarantee you if you take, let's just say, 10 different Toros, all from the same manufacturer, because it is a handmade product, I guarantee you, you will get 10 different weights. It's not like a standardized cigarette where you say okay great we can put in whatever you know 1.1 ounces of cigarette tobacco. So you're going to have various fluctuations and this is going to in many states high tax states New York, Oregon,
2: Washington,
0: California. It is going to increase the cost of cigars what 50, 60,
2: 70%. Absolutely. I mean the rough math I think we came up with it could mean a hundred and fifty dollars more per box of cigars.
0: I mean you're that is extremely and
2: that may be lowballing it.
0: And if that's lowballing it, when you consider that let's say today that an average cigar, let's just say in the sweet spot is eight dollars, and you're talking about twenty cigars in a box, hundred and sixty dollars, that's almost a hundred percent tax in some instances.
2: Absolutely. And let me tell you the the further lunacy of this. Their, their goal is, as stated by the House Ways and Means Committee, is to raise $96 billion through this potpourri of, of tobacco taxes, from cigarettes to us. $96 billion. Here's the genius of all this, and again, I say that so facetiously. That $96 billion was calculated in the face of the fact that the FDA has already come out to ban menthol cigarettes and ban flavored cigars. Without defining what a flavored cigar is, they've said, we are going to ban them. So here it is. They say they're going to raise $96 billion on a collection of products that the, the, <clears throat> their own fellow federal agency has said, we're going to ban them. Where's the genius in that thought process? It goes back also, and I'm having a flashback here to Senator John McCain, and I remember reading a quote where he opposed... The funding of the state children's health insurance program, the SCHIP taxes you alluded to. Senator McCain alluded to this in, in remarks on the Senate floor. Why fund a federal program based upon a diminishing source of revenue? Correct. That says it all right there, and they're trying to do it again.
0: I said if you really want to fairly tax for whether it's children's health programs or anything, it should be a broad based tax, where it's not just one particular group. And I said the most equitable tax would be, believe it or not, a toilet paper tax. Because think about it. Every single business, every single person, individual buys toilet paper. And during the Wuhan virus pandemic, we saw them certainly hoarding toilet paper. But I figured it out that if you put on like, I don't know, a nickel on every single roll of toilet paper, it would fund that program. And now it would be spread out with everybody across the country, not one group. And it's interesting that you bring up talking about menthol cigarettes and you talk about flavored cigars. TaxFoundation.org came up with their analysis of the federal proposal to increase tobacco and nicotine product taxes. And it's very interesting because you mentioned menthol cigarettes. Massachusetts has collected 25% less cigarette tax revenue since imposing their own menthol ban in June of last year. So while Massachusetts has to contend with smuggling of menthol cigarettes from other states where they're still legal, a federal ban now would most likely lead to a rise in international smuggling. And when that happens, there is no tax that's paid. So there is no rhyme or reason to this whatsoever. And now you're talking about banning flavored cigars. For example, the acid cigars, which use various herbs and botanicals. That technically is a flavored cigar. Those would be illegal, Glenn. Those would be outlawed.
2: That's so all- the threat. That's the threat. It's the reason that, that companies that produce those products would rather have some form of regulation because that we've said many times. There's a big difference between regulation and prohibition. And right now, in terms of select product categories, the agency is definitively going after prohibition. Well, as you well know, you take that step in that direction, it's real easy to keep the ball rolling.
0: Well, and think about it. Well, I think if I'm not mistaken, the acid cigars from Drew Estate are either the number one or two selling premium cigar in the country. People are, are shocked when I tell them that. They're fascinated at the same time. Now, think if that category goes. All the tax revenue would go with it. It's gone. So consequently, a diminishing tax makes absolutely no sense. And what is interesting is it's not only a diminishing tax, it is a regressive tax, especially if you take a look at people that smoke primarily cigarettes. It's lower income people. But if all of a sudden all those cigarette smokers said, you know, I pay $4 in taxes now, This is currently today across the country, $4 in taxes, in federal taxes. If all of a sudden the taxes go up another 50%, you'll have even more people that will say, you know, I think I'm going to give it up. Now, initially, that's exactly what the Democrats and the government said. Oh, this will be great for health. We want to reduce consumption. We want fewer people. This will be the trick. So I said, let's say everybody stops smoking cigarettes, cigars, pipe tobacco, vapes tomorrow. All of a sudden... Where would you get that 96 billion from? It would be gone. It disappears permanently.
2: Doesn't exist. That's exactly right. And the target is only to raise 100 million from vape and e-cigarettes, when that's a growing part of the market, and a lot of the stock in big, of big tobacco is is definitely waving in that direction. And so there's been no, no new calculations about long-term growth in that sector and how that's going to be taxed. In fact, they're totally immune right now from any form of user fees from the FDA, which has been a piece of our lawsuit against the FDA in the spirit of fairness in that that regard. So the federal government's all over the board on this. The, The contradictions are plentiful. The revenue projections are disastrous. We've had definitive studies done on, for example, just federal regulation, much less this level of taxation, that these revenue projections never hold water. People find different alternatives. There is a black market. Be considered here. They all, the the revenue projections may hit the mark in the first six months, maybe twelve, but always decline after that in terms of bringing in the the anticipated level of revenue. So it, it's all it's all make believe, and and this is a dangerous proposition. It's a higher level of probability now than ever since. Dick Durbin first started introducing the Tobacco Equ- Equalization Act probably close to a decade ago. And it's really why we need consumers across the country, your listeners, to, to reach out to their members of the House and Senate. And specifically, we are right now truly trying to get our message across to, to I'm not going to say total a- advocates in this regard, but they're completely open-minded, and they're, they've gone on record against a $3.5 trillion plan and that's senator Manchin and senator cinema of arizona senator Manchin of west virginia obviously uh, they've both uh, virtually drawn a line in the sand that they're not going to vote for a, a bill this this big we're trying to bring to their attention where our arizona retailers and west virginia retailers are respectively reaching out to those offices we've had great discussions just as early as as this morning With our South Carolina community about reaching out to Congressman Clyburn, who is central to this as a member of the House leadership, senators in Michigan, New York, Colorado, Delaware, and Maryland, all tough states for tobacco, but a strong retail community that are definitively trying to get the message across as to the harm that this can do to the small business tobacconist community, not big tobacco, the small business tobacconist community in those respective states. So it's important for everybody to go to CigarAction.org to use that petition to reach out to their members of the United States Senate and, and House of Representatives to draw a line in the sand to say, listen, you vote for this. We're going to remember it on Election Day.
0: Have there been any attempts to speak with Dick Durbin? I know in the past there was. Have there any with this There have proposal? been
2: attempts, and I, I don't put a lot of confidence in those overtures, but there have been messaging uh, attempts if you will uh to get the message across but listen this has been a long held dream and with the current majorities uh the way they are this is his clear this is the clearest path he's ever had and it's and it's the also the very reason it needs to die at this time
0: well i'm on cigaraction.org right now and as soon as you go to the homepage, the very Top two graphics on the left side. It says Federal Action Center, State Action Center. Click on Federal Action Center, and it will take you to the next page, which says Oppose Premium Tobacco Tax Increase. Act now. So if you click on that, again, has your name, address, everything, and uh, basically you get what on a on a mailing list, or are there suggested letters to send to? That's Congress. right. They're
2: they're pre preformed letters. We, we take care of that message for all of your listeners and consumers across the country. It draws a line in the sand. It says that this this tax increase has got to die. Uh, I'm paraphrasing there, of course, and we give the complete rationale as to the harm that this can do to the small business community, as well as personal choice, as well as threatening products and companies that, that are in the premium cigar sector and premium pipe tobacco sector. Uh, it it is all of that out for the membership, and believe me, especially in the House of Representatives, they keep track of this. they track those yays and nays, and our opposition is feverishly working to pass these these tax increases campaign for tobacco tobacco free kids, heart, lung, and cancer, uh, the body parts lobby as I put it, they're trying to they'll they're working diligently to get the passage of this. But we need to counter that with a strong voice from premium cigar consumers, as I call it, cigar voters, across the country to say no to these taxes right here and now. And we've got a very small window to do that. You know, Congress is going to come back this week and they're going to take up a lot of action on, on federal spending propositions between now and the end of this month. And that's only two weeks. So it's important that everybody act right now.
0: Glenn, in the Senate, I believe all the Republican senators are unified against the $3.5 trillion infrastructure, human infrastructure bill, correct?
2: I think that's a fair statement, yes. Okay. Now,
0: the House is very, very tight between Democrats and Republicans. I believe the Democrats can only lose, what, four or five uh, representatives on their side, and a bill would be killed. Question. Right. Are there five or six potential pickoffs from the Democrats that are against the $3.5 trillion and are also opposed to cigar-increased uh, taxes?
2: Well, I think there are. I don't have some specific names at this time for you, but I think that that potential exists. I know that over the last two weeks, a coalition of about a dozen blue-dog Democrats, moderate Democrats, have gone on record against the this proposed level of spending to the Speaker. So I think there is some division in the ranks, and the question is, can some of that be cracked? And you've got about three Republicans that I would consider swing votes too. Now, I think they're unified in the Senate. I'm not sure there's total unity in the House. I wouldn't swear to that right now. So with a dozen Democrats maybe in play, uh, less than a handful of Republicans in play, as you put it, the, the margins are, are very slim and not much for error in terms of, of killing this in either chamber. But the, the greatest hope is in the Senate. And the greatest hope there is with moderate Democrats like Senator Manchin and Senator Sinema, uh, hopefully allowing the pendulum to swing our way and at least extract this this specific tax measure from the overall reconciliation budget bill.
0: Representative Kathy Castor, who represents the Cigar City of Tampa, I am sure will vote in favor of the $3.5 trillion bill. Question. She's very familiar with the importance of cigars, not only to the Cigar City of Tampa, but to the state of Florida, as well as the country with small business. Has she indicated opposition towards the tobacco tax on, on uh, cigars?
2: I have not heard of her specific opposition. I did uh, partake in a a discussion last week where it was specifically brought up that she could be critical to getting our message across to the House leadership. She absolutely could be critical. So given the, the number of cigar consumers and cigar shops and the JC Newman factory and those wonderful manufacturers that dot 7th Avenue in Ybor City, each of those specifically need to reach out to to Representative Castor's office and let their opposition to this tax measure be heard. She is absolutely essential to getting our message across to the leadership, and we hope she'll vote against this.
0: Cigaraction.org. You can sign up. It'll generate letters to your representative, to your senator. Very important. Now, Glenn, any other pending important issues that affect cigar connoisseurs?
2: Well, absolutely, and the one I'll put on the radar screen, and I say eminent, but it's in the works right now. And that is that Mitch Zeller, that you and I have talked about many, many times at the FDA Center for Tobacco Products, farmed out a study on premium cigars, and it could lead to reopening the rule on regulation to the Academy of Sciences. And I can assure you that it's not a friendly academy for our cause based upon the hearings that I've heard to date, their report is due in the spring of 22. I know that sounds like a long way away, but it's not in terms of political time. And, and I'm just absolutely convinced that that can, can become the opening to reopen the rule on regulating the entire sector. And And I just wouldn't rule it out, and I've got great concerns about that, and it's something for everybody to be concerned about. And it's another reason consumers need to reach out to their respective members of Congress and go in opposition to federal regulation and new taxation as a whole it's a multi-front attack on the industry as a whole but plus in terms of just putting some issues out there believe it or not in the new york legislature there's positive momentum and sponsorship of of a legislation that would allow for cigar bars in the state of new york and and that could mean some you know unique opportunities from up where you're from and also a tax cap measure in the new york legislature the question becomes, if the New York legislature can pass a tax cap on premium cigars, why can't Congress just leave us alone? Because that <laughs> draw the political parallel there between Albany and Washington, you would think there'd be more similarities. But there's some great momentum for a tax cap bill in the state of New York. So I throw that out just as a, as a standing tax issue and regulatory issue at the state level that's still alive this late in the 21 legislative session in Albany. And we'll have great momentum going into the new year. And just remember, we're in the last, you know, throngs of this calendar year. Going into January, over half of the state's legislatures will be going into session simultaneously. And we're going to have to keep a close, close eye on state issues coming up uh, over the next couple of months, some of which have been pre-filed. And I'm glad we had that conversation because the bill was pre-filed this week to, again, allow local governments to, you uh, to regulate smoking on beaches and public areas by local government dictate, not by the state. In the state of Florida, that bill was pre-filed this week. So we need to keep our eye open on, on those issues as well.
0: Yeah, there is in the Constitution of Florida, it is written when the Smoking Act was passed stating that all state legislation supersedes local legislation and the Democrats, and some Republicans as well. There's a number of Republicans that are on board with trying to overturn that, that are anti-cigar. And the excuse they use is that it's to clean up all the cigarette butts and all the other tobacco products that are thrown on the beach. Well, I can tell you that I have walked on many beaches in Florida. That is absolute sheer nonsense that people are throwing cigarette butts on the beach or their cigars. It is not true, but they hide behind that as a method to advance their cause to eliminate smoking outside on the beach. And so we've got to be very careful about that. And what's really disconcerting is there are Republicans who say, oh, no, I'm all for freedom and I'm all for liberty, and yet they are trying to enact this ban on outdoor spaces, parks, and on beaches. So we will be uh, vigilant on that. Talking about New York State, I want to go back to that for one second, because there was a big lawsuit that a number of manufacturers filed a few years ago, stating that I believe that the excise tax, I think it was what, 75% of the wholesale tax in New York. And when they read the legislation, and the manufacturers looked at it, There was uh, some errors in that, and a judge ruled in favor of the cigar manufacturers, so the tax actually decreased. And then my understanding is the legislature went in and changed the language. Well, let me give you a perfect example. I spoke to Rocky Patel on Saturday. He did a big event up at Buffalo Cigars in Orchard Park, just down the street from the home of the Buffalo Bills. By the way, the Buffalo Bills play your Washington... Redskins. We don't use the term Washington football team on the Cigar Dave show. It's the Washington Redskins.
2: We don't in my household either.
0: That's right. We play them next week in the Highmark Stadium in Orchard Park, Glenn. So, uh, as you know, the Buffalo Bills, nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Although, Ron Rivera doing a very good job with the Washington Redskins. But Rocky did an event. They had like 1,500 people They do it annually. Rocky told me, when I spoke to him Saturday afternoon from the event, last year he sold 150 boxes of cigars at the event. This year when I spoke to him around 4 o'clock and there was maybe an hour left to go, five boxes is what they sold. A humongous difference. Why? Because the tremendous cigar tax. 75% of the wholesale cost. So when you add that to the retail cost, you're probably looking at about a 35 40% increase over what you could buy the cigars for by, by the box from out of state. So clearly, New York State will be losing revenue because of the new legislation. And just like in Oregon, maybe they'll wake up and say, we need to put a cap on it to be competitive. Otherwise, we'll get zero tax revenue on any cigars.
2: That's exactly right. That's what we have to give life to this legislation. And also, since when everybody's on CigarAction.org, take care of this federal petition. Go to the state section, and the New York Bills, where you can voice your support for them, is right there front and center for our New York cigar voters as well.
0: All right, Glenn, lastly, prediction between the Washington Redskins at the Buffalo Bills.
2: Oh god, you're forcing me to really be a true fan, so I'm going to say Washington by 3, and I'll bet you our next cigar together in Tampa that I
0: win. 30, okay, my prediction, the Bills 31, the Washington Redskins 14. 31-14 oh, is my prediction. Well that
2: hurts, Dave, but I wouldn't doubt it. And did you see, did,
0: did you did you see what the Bills did yesterday to the Miami Flippers?
2: Yes, indeed. Good sign for what's to come for your team.
0: <laughs> we hope. 35 nothing, and I'll tell you, the defense looked much improved over week one. They were just teeing. I think they knocked out Tua Tagovailoa. They got him out, I think, after, like, the second series. He was done. But they were just teeing up. I think they had six sacks, and they probably could have had – they were close to maybe about another ten. But they had heat all day on the quarterback, and they kept um, – The passing yards, when the replacement quarterback came in, they kept, I think, total yardage, passing yardage to, I think, 190 yards, which in today's NFL is pretty low. It's pretty incredible. That's
2: right. Dave, I'm afraid I've got to run. No problem,
0: Glenn. We appreciate you joining us. Cigaraction.org. Do your part. Glenn Loop of the Premium Cigar Association. We continue fighting the fight against excessive cigar taxation. And as we wrap things up, lastly, I want to thank Glenn. As we wrap things up, I just want to say one more time to the Franz Blau family, to Alex and Carlo, the entire family, our condolences on the passing of legendary cigar figure Robert Franzblau, Blau, passing away last week at the age of 93. As I said in the opening segment, Bob was a true gentleman, a mensch, If you shook Bob's hand and he said he was going to do something, that's all you needed to do. So Bob Franzblau, rest in paradise, my friend. We shall miss you. I shall miss our conversation our occasional lunches, and getting together. Cigar Dave, the general, saying, Mayor Humidor, always be full. Mayor Cutter, always be sharp. Mayor Ashby, extra, extra long. Semper Delictatio, always pleasure. Long live the alpha. Make masculinity great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. Save America. And screw Dick Durbin and all the taxocrats that want to come after our beloved cigars. Remember, cigaraction.org. Your voice must be heard in this fight.